0: Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Women. I am so excited to be speaking with Diane Adams this morning. And Diane has devoted her career to building and studying the role of culture in a company's success. And she's an expert at this. She is today the Chief Culture and Talent Officer for Sprinkler. She has worked at many large, important, companies um, growing their talent, working on their culture. She's had that same similar position at McGraw-Hill Education. She was the global resources uh, manager for Click. She was one of the original people at Cisco, where she worked for John Chambers and grew that company from the first 4,500 employees to over 70,000 globally. She was the chief human resources officer at Allscripts. When they start, we're at 500 million um, and then brought that company to a billion four. And Diane is an author. She is a speaker. She is extremely accomplished. Diane, I am so pleased to be talking to you today. Well, thank, thank
1: you for that introduction, Lori. Well, I am I am thrilled to be here. You know, it was, um, you and I had the, and I think of it as a privilege to work together when we were at all scripts for more than three years. So, so thank you for including me and very much looking forward to, to the discussion.
0: Well, you are an inspiring woman to me, Diane, and and again, I'm really excited to talk to you. So let's just talk about sort of the career trajectory. You've been leading companies, leading growth um, in the area of human capital, and you really focus on culture as a key aspect of that. So let's just start with what you're doing right now and a little bit about your career history.
1: Sure, would love to. So I think um I started my career actually, Lori, in, in finance, believe it or not. You don't have a lot of people What? Are... I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And most people, most people don't, right? Because it's not your typical, you know, your typical career progression. But I will tell you, Lori, it served me so well, right? Like a, you know, college that that was, you know, fi- finance my love, believe it or not. And, and I started my career that way, but, but my, my real love is, you know, making a difference in people's lives. And so once I'd spent time in finance, I just thought, you know what, this, this is gonna serve me well, right? I learned so much about business, but I decided to, to, to make a, a developmental move, if you will, when I was in a technology company, so I could get exposure to, to human resources. And from there, you know, what? just realize that my career, my career goals and my life mission, Lori, were just totally aligned, right? My, my, my mission in life is to inspire and enable people to, to live extraordinary lives personally and professionally. So, you know, this, um, as much as I appreciate the fact that I get paid to do what I do, it really is, it is just my, it's just my love. So very fortunate that way.
0: Well, culture at an organization is so intertwined now. It's not just professional development. And so I want to talk a bit about that, Diane, because you have across the many companies that you have helped grow. You've hired so many people. You've grown workforces, you know, by the thousands, tens of thousands. And, uh, you know, today, what we're seeing in the workforce is many different generations, millennial, baby boomer, gen X, Y, Z, pick. Pick your pick your flavor. So maybe if give us some perspective on the differences between the generations, how you think about them in terms of you know what they want, what they need, um, and what's been changing over the past couple of years.
1: So a great, great question. So thank you for, for that. And maybe just for a second, Laura, I'll talk about culture and, and how I see it. I do think, you know, they're in a in a company. There's the the what. There's the results we got. I think about the culture as the the how, and how do we come together? How do we work? How do we live? How do we learn? How do we how do we play? So it's the how. And one of the best definitions I ever heard was, um, you know, culture is what we do when no one is looking. And to that point, when you ask me like the different generations, like how do we come together so we truly truly so we we thrive. And when I look at some of the differences, I think the first thing that comes to mind for for me, and I'll start. You know, we've got the the baby boomers, and and obviously, well, maybe not obviously, I fit into to that category, if you will. And then I think about the the younger generations. The first thing that comes to to mind for me that I just love when you think about um, the millennials or the the Gen X and you know, the Y Z is what what they do is they show up, you know, much more fully. Them, you know, you often you often get when you think when you think about the millennials or the the Gen X, Y, Z, you know, you you get all of them. So the first thing that comes to mind for for me, and particularly how it plays out in the workplace, is how much we can learn from them, Laurie, Because there's so much to be said for that. Like if you look at if you look at baby boomers and some of the norms around how baby boomers progressed in their own careers, and and I think when I think about like diversity and inclusion, or at, at Sprinkler we call it culture of belonging, I think the way you truly create that culture of belonging where everybody feels embraced for for who they are, and you know, and and well, who who they are and what matters to to them is it means. You're creating a culture where you want every single person to be valued for that. And it also means every one of us has to lean into every person to understand them. Because as you know, you know, diversity and inclusion, culture belonging is so much more than you know, race and gender, et cetera.
0: And in this year of the pandemic, I think the, you know, the outside, how what you do in your own personal life, your social interactions, that has now been brought into the workplace like never before. We're all on the Zoom meetings, we're all sort of seeing each other's homes, those those kinds of things. But do you see generational differences in terms of career progression, whether it's because of a particular generation or because of the specific sort of time we're in, you know, we're all forced to. To be a little bit more in each other's personal lives than we perhaps were before um the pandemic
1: yeah i here's how i think about it and when i look when you know as you talked about culture is my goal is that i, I would love to see every organization create cultures where people thrive personally and professionally and when you talk about this past year and i'm just gonna give you a, an example Lori one of the things that, that we did internally, because you know, one of the questions is how do people come to, together? How do you create that sense of unity when we're all working from home? And we held what we call heartbeat calls. Every leader holds them with their direct report across the organization. What that means is you're seeing into everyone's home every single day. And what, what I loved about it is as much as a creating a culture of belonging was a focus for us, it accelerated that in just a huge way because everyone, no matter what generation, got much more comfortable sharing who they are. So for, you know, there were lots of fun things, right? Like you could be on a heartbeat call and one one leader had, had you know, th- this would be the day that was dedicated to, you know, a particular person and like, you know, a view into their crib, I think is what they called it. But you know, so fun, right? Like whether it's their family and, and they met everybody, whether it's their, you know, their their dog, whatever it was, whatever was important to them. And I think what, what that did was for everybody, like I said, no matter what generation, it accelerated people getting really comfortable that I am bringing my whole self to work now. And personal and professional, like I said, that's our goal. And we can talk about that in a second, why that specifically is so important to me. But what's, you know, with all the heart of COVID, one of the most beautiful is that, that on the other side of this, people are going to be much more comfortable to show up Well, they already are and it'll just get better and better to show up as they are, you know, with with the personal professional, but here's who I am. Strengths, you know, here's who I am and here's who I'm not is
0: how I think about it. Well, it's the type of thing that seems very, um, very related to culture and perhaps this sort of being more in each other's sort of awareness of your personal life. I think what you're saying is that's very, has been in some ways um, helpful to force focus on culture. So I want to move a little bit to your views on culture. You spend a lot of time thinking about it, talking about it, speaking about it and writing about it. Um, Your book, it takes more than Casual Fridays and free coffee, building a, building a business culture that works for everyone. You wrote this pre-pandemic. I thought it was an excellent book with a lot of focus. I want to talk a bit about that. But first, Diane, why did you write this book?
1: What I've realized, Laurie, is you know we've had a lot of learnings in our life. And, and for me, I, I'm always asking myself, how can I make an even bigger difference? And I think the way for me to do that is share lots of learnings, my, mine, as well as others that were willing to contribute to the book. Because what I want is other organizations to, you know, to, to learn from all the experiences along the way in, in order to accelerate other companies, other organizations, creating this culture where people do thrive personally and professionally. That was my why. And I think the other thing, Lori, and you know this because we had the opportunity to, to work together for years, and and this is what we strive to create together, right? At, at all Allscripts, is when I was at Cisco, I'm very fortunate to work with John Chambers. Um, you know, Rick Justice uh, um, also worked closely with him and a number of other leaders who just totally allowed me to be me. And I'll give you an example. I live in North Carolina, as you know, and my family had moved to Silicon Valley. And we went, to, we went there for a couple of years and my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I asked if I could move back to North Carolina and, you know, cause I wanted to be closer to family. And the answer was, yes, you know what? You get results, we're gonna give you total flexibility. And then, you know, Danielle was diagnosed with type one diabetes. I know you've been a huge champion for, for that cause. And, and there were other, other life moments that, that we have, right? Those that are beautiful to celebrate and then those that are hard. And that was huge for me because I got flexibility and to live my life in order to have a phenomenal career and in order to live my life with no regrets personally. And I think about, it, and I love that you're doing this podcast, Lori, Inspiring Women, because I think it's one of the, the hardest things that women face. How do How do you manage it all? How do you balance it all? For me, many years ago, way ahead of, you know, kind of way ahead of the times i was given flexibility in a role that's not usually given that kind of flexibility to to you know to live my life fully so that's that's a huge reason like i wrote the book and what i'm passionate around for women and and everyone and i think you know you spoke about the 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 pandemic this is another one of the beautiful things that comes out of this that people will have much more flexibility we've given people permission to have flexibility to make it to make everything work for their lives personally and professionally
0: Well, you know, you're one of the few people who talk about the pandemic and are able to look at the positive side of things, and that is incredible, Diane. And so, you know, first of all, you've had some um, experiences of where an organization that you're working for is using those difficult times um, in your family life and giving you flexibility as an important thing that builds culture for as a person working there, I'm sure trust and pride in the company that you're working for. You've said culture is everything when it's right. And I think you're talking about some things of what culture looks like when it's right. Um, For women who are in organizations who are looking to develop their careers, what about when it's not right? When about when the culture is wrong, and what can women do uh, um, to help shape and change those things so that they can continue to grow their careers?
1: Yeah, so such a great question, Lori. So, what can we do as women? And you know, I think one of my the first things I think about is, you know, we we often say gosh, we shouldn't be the ones that are educating others. And, and you know what, that's to, 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 in order to create a culture that's more inclusive for women and beyond. And, and you know what, the answer is we shouldn't. However, I do believe, and based on my own experiences, it makes such a difference. And let me just give you best based on my experiences. There, there are a couple of things that come to mind one is having, you know, a, a a male sponsor or champion is, you know, what it makes such a it makes such a difference. And there, and and being fortunate to benefit from, you know, for from men sponsors and champions, and I believe you have been as well. It does make a difference. So, so doing that, you know, I, I would I would think I would think about that. And and very intentionally as a woman, think about those in your in your world, well, men and women that are your sponsors. The second thing is around the education. I get this question a lot, Lori, and this is around when you're in, let's say you're you're in the room and there are things said that, gosh, aren't reinforcing a culture for women, you know, a culture where women are going to thrive. How do I handle it? I do believe the how is really important. And I often share, you know, I, I can be in the room or I watch others in the room. And depending on the situation, you know, it can be one, dependent depending on the seriousness of it, right? There, there are things often that I can, you know, you can use... You can use humor, humor just to put it on the the table, depending on the world you live in, your colleagues. You know, having conversations with with others. If there are things a dynamic that's going on, that's not you know that's not one that is fostering inclusivity and and everyone you know having the the same the same seat at the table. So those champions as well. And then there are times where I just take it out of the room, right? Because it just needs to be a more focused, serious conversation. So I think the short answer for me is, you know, educating is really important. And I try to be very, very thoughtful about the how. When I was little, Lori, my mother, I mean, eight years old. I remember this so vividly. And she was teaching me. How, like, how do you influence to get the right outcome, the best outcome, and to be very thoughtful about that versus just, you know, just responding without thought. And, and I see that, and it makes, you know, it makes a huge difference.
0: Well Diane the also the, the thing you're also talking about are a lot of personal experiences learning from you know growing up learning from things in your family and then how that fuels your outlook and how you think about building culture so you are very involved in so many causes whether it's JDRF or Make-A-Wish or American Heart how do those personal experiences shape your outlook you've had you've mentioned a few difficult ones what what is fueling that positivity in difficult circumstances?
1: You know, there are, there are a lot of things. Um, I think I'll start with, or maybe the one example that I was share, Lori, is, you know, with, with Danielle with type 1 diabetes, and she was four when she was diagnosed. And getting, you know, you, you have a choice. We all have a choice how we, how we show up, we can embrace the hard, and then we can also make it better for everyone, right, or, or we can stay in our own worlds, and it can just continue to, to be harder, and, you know, that's, that's one example, Um, I think, you know, well, you do, you also know, my, my son, you know, the year of COVID was the, the hardest ever in my family's life. And as you know, I have two daughters. My son left this earth to go soar with the, the angels. And what I've learned, whether it was through Danielle, whether it's through Jordan, some of the struggles that he had with addiction, that you know what, the, if you go back our life mission to, to help others to, to live their best lives, in, in both of those examples to, to show up and help others, whether, whatever they're struggling with, and I gave you the two examples, whether it's addiction, whether it's type one diabetes, and in my case right now, helping others through grief, right, because it's what you're dealing with. It really all goes back to, I, I believe, we're here on this earth to make the biggest difference we can for other people and helping them to live their best life so thank you for ask, asking me because there are a lot of experiences there that have shaped the, you know the choice that you make to to choose positivity choose joy and make the biggest difference which is why i was so excited to see you were doing this podcast Lori, because you're you know you're perfect to do this
0: well, Diane, first of all, I, I, I mean, thank you for sharing that. And and um, th- those are difficult and hard things. And the tragedy um, that comes with that, My, um, I, I'm choking up a little bit, I have to be honest. And I'm just so sorry about that. But your approach to taking what is an incredible heartbreak and putting it towards being um, uh, focused on giving back and providing something of importance and help to others, um, just continues to impress me. It is why I consider you such an inspiring woman. I think, Diane, I just want to close out on that. Um, You are incredible in terms of what you do. I think your focus on culture for an organization, the importance of that to help people develop and build Really great companies is um, incredible. As we close out here, Diane, what would be some last advice you might give to women who are thinking about their professional development and aspiring careers?
1: Uh, thank you. I want you know I want for women just like what I how I've seen you live, Laurie. How I strive to live. I I want all women to show up and feel totally confident and. And comfortable being them. And, and I'll just share with you, you know, I've always been passionate around it, as I had had shared with you before. When Jordan left this earth, he the last song he texted, my two daughters, Kristen, Danielle and me, was Be As You Are by Mike Posner. And and I I love those words. So my advice is show up you know, 100% authentic to who you are and you really are going to live your, your, best, your best life.
0: Diane, show up 100%, be as you are. Those are great words to close out on. This has been an Inspiring Women conversation with Diane Adams. And Diane, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. It's
1: an honor. Thanks
0: for asking me, Lori. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.